Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how's your day going? LJ, it's going good. Um, I have to go work later tonight, but I'm certainly not complaining about getting some money in my pocket. Um yeah, you know, other than that, um, doing pretty good. We've got a couple things to talk about. Um, and actually, LJ, I just saw something come across here that we didn't have planned for the show, but um, the Giants just optioned Joey Bart to AAA. Hmm. That seems a little strange, no? Yes. yes. Um, I'm trying to... This literally just came across like right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think. He had been struggling hitting. I mean, he 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 had been struggling quite a bit. Um, yeah, struggling to say the word. Four home runs. Uh, slash line of one fifty six, two ninety six, three hundred. I mean, I guess my question is, who are they bringing in that's going to be a, that much of a better option? Like, is um, it somebody? They, they made a they also made a trade they traded for catcher austin wins from the phillies organization um he was on the orioles for a bit in 2021 in the majors but has not played in the majors yet this season um but yeah now kirk Casale is the only catcher on the giants for now as of right now um, um, there is another catcher they have on their 40 man named Michael Papierski. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. Uh, hopefully it works out for them. This certainly again, wasn't the, uh, even the move from out West. I was anticipating possibly coming today. Um, but this well, is certainly you know, an interesting it's still your number two overall pick from 2018. This is, I think a little bit of a bigger story um, than we think this is, a guy who we were kind of expecting to be really good. And, you know, just his first go around in the first, first time in the major or no, did he play in 2020 when Posey? He got run out there, but not consistent enough to. Pretty much his first uh, go around in the majors here and has not been um, what we've expected. 
yeah, look, I mean, this isn't like this isn't like the Angels with guys like Joe Adele, where in the years past they could have taken a few more liberties with it. They could have taken a few more chances if they'd gotten the opportunity to and just let him run out there because they weren't in positions to win either way. This San Francisco team with or with or without him is still a older core. It's still a team that needs to have that win now mindset. I mean, now, especially with Joey Bart not starting for this team, their entire starting lineup, except for two players, is above 30 years old. Luis Gonzalez and Donovan Walton would be the only two guys playing for them right now that wouldn't be above that. I mean, Lamont Wade, Steven Duger, both guys that are on their IL right now that will be in their everyday roster. Those guys are 28, 29 years old, Brandon Belt's up in the 34, 35 range. So this team isn't getting younger anytime soon. You got to win now. And sometimes that means that you're not able to progress these guys as quick as you'd like to. That's just kind of a nature of the beast. Yeah. Um, very well put. Exactly. Um, well, let's move on to what we had planned for the show. And we're going to start off by talking about Josh Hader. As yesterday uh, during the show, I decided to derail whatever we were supposed to talk about. And I wanted to give a little appreciation to Josh Hader, who had not allowed a run in the regular season since uh, last July. And of course, the day that I bring that up on the show, um, he happens to finally get tagged this year. And I'd say you got more than tagged. You you full on cursed this man. Yeah, I. Oh, I feel so bad because he was on such a stretch. He gets, I guess, blown up last night. He gives up two home runs, uh, blows the game against the Phillies. Those homers come from, I believe, Alec Bohm had one of them, and the other comes from Matt Veerling, a pinch hit homer. Um, and only he's only played 58 career games, and that's certainly the biggest hit he's had in his career up until this point. But, yeah, poor Josh Hader. I mean, this is you know, every closer is going to blow games at some point, but to see this happen to him last night, especially after I brought it up on the show yesterday, um, just feels bad. And who knows how much that could have been in his head, too. Not necessarily you doing it. I'm not saying he's listening to this show. Oh, he was um, listening. All right, LJ. This is what he was listening, listening though, to. He, he probably was listening to it in the bullpen as he was jogging out. He takes his earphones out. It was MLB Daily Podcast. Come on now. All I will say is if he is listening to the show, he should 100% DM us at MLB Daily Pod. But with that being said, odds are he wasn't. However, it seems like part of the reason you started talking about it was the fact that it was gaining traction throughout the baseball community. A lot of people have be, been talking about this story about how good he's been and how long the streak has been going on. So, you know, it, it had to have been getting around to him. He had to have been knowing that the hype was starting to get really real. Who knows if that's what happened here. Maybe he heard about it. He didn't care. And it just happened to happen, but I mean, either way, I don't think this changes. This doesn't change much of how we look at Josh Hader, does it? No. He's still the best closer in the game. He's still been the best closer in the game for the last three years. And he'll still continue to be the best closer in the game. Honestly, the only thing that I think this does is take him out of the Scion conversation, which he was kind of barely in to begin with. And now there is only one reliever left in the majors who has allowed zero earned runs and qualifies for the reliever leaderboards, and that is J.P. Fireisen of Tampa Bay. He's pitched 20 and one-third innings, which is actually two more than Hayter has pitched this year. So keep an eye out for him, um, as that's certainly a story to follow. And now... Granted, he is currently on the uh, 15-day IL as well mm-hmm. right now. So that's going to extend his time as well. But, you know, you figure he stays healthy after that. Um, just for conversation's sake, does he have a better claim to it than Hader would have being in the conversation? Because 
I just think he of the way that you saves is the thing. What? He 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 uh, doesn't get saves. He only has one save the whole year. Yeah, but no one gets saves in Tampa. I just think of the, the way that they use their team, their roster, their bullpen in Tampa is it's so much more vital to their success than any other teams is. How how that bullpen goes is how the team goes. So, you know, I have to think in part that like that might have a little more pull. With that being said, he does still have to continue going scoreless. He has to continue putting out up dominant outings to be even put into that conversation. I would say right now, no, because he doesn't have the precedent that Josh Hader already had. But, you know, if this keeps up, if we're talking about this in August, then maybe we have to consider it. LJ, I saw a post on Twitter the other day, and it was like every fan, uh, every fan base has that one re- reliever um, who just analytically is so good, and um, nobody knows about them. And all of the Red Sox fans were just putting John – is it Shri- Schreiber? Uh, John Schreiber, yes. John Schreiber, yeah. Everyone was was uh, putting him. They're like, yes, he is a beast. We 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 love Schreiber. He he keeps us in all the games. Is that true, LJ? Because people are very high on this guy and his stats. Just looking at them with not really having any knowledge on this guy. I mean, a one a one one seven ERA, a one eight seven expected ERA. It's pretty good. Yeah, he's the type of guy where, you know, I feel like I trust him a lot to go out there and to pitch well. Would I trust him in a major role? I'm not so sure he's there yet. He hasn't proven that to me. But if you're giving him sixth, seventh inning work, he's going to lock that down every time. Like, he's that middle relief clamps guy to me right now. I'm not going to necessarily say he is a closer. This team does need a closer. I'm surprised they haven't given him any run, any significant run in that role yet. But maybe they're seeing the same thing I am. All right. Up next, the ongoing story, which is the demise of the Los Angeles Angels franchise, continues in dramatic fashion last night, as LJ can give us a little more context. But the Red Sox beat the angels six to five in extra innings um yeah just lj take me through um i'm not sure how much of the game you watched you consumed but uh just your thoughts here it's now 13 in a row that la has dropped yep 13 in a row and you know this is them continuing to beat themselves kick themselves while they're down you Honestly, I started to get worried about splitting this series when they fired Joe Madden because I'm like, long-term, this probably isn't the choice. Like, Phil Nevin probably isn't the guy who's going to come in and make things better. Like, I just don't see that out of the guy to say they're going to end up kicking out of this slump and going to the playoffs under him. But I'm like, all right, sometimes if the relationship wasn't very strong with the manager – or he was kind of part of dragging the team morale down during the losing streak. You get him out of there, you get a fresh voice at the start of that, and all of a sudden that can break you out for a good seven, ten-game stretch. After that, who knows? But I was a little worried that they'd come out um, guns a-blazing with somebody new at the helm, and they clearly didn't. You know, the offense does well at the beginning of this game, I do have to say. You know, you get up. You get after Garrett Whitlock, you get him, I believe it was four innings, four earned, five strikeouts for him. That's not his best work by any means. He's a lot better than that, and it took definite skill. It took Mike Trout really coming out of his uh, slump in a big way in this game, two for two, two RBIs on a home run. Um, Just fantastic work out of Trout to kind of break that stretch for him. And yet they can't capitalize on it. You know, they let they let Boston back into this game every chance that they got. And that's a big, big issue when you're trying to break a streak like this. You know, you get up, you, you're leading in the game. You can't let that go for anything, as far as I'm concerned. 
And the we kind of touched on it the other day. The road ahead for the Angels does not get easy. They've got uh, two more against the Red Sox, right? Um, yes, they have yep. Reed Detmers versus Nathan Ivaldi today, and then Otani versus Nick Pavetta tomorrow. You would hope that they get at least one of those games. Then this weekend, they host the Mets, um, and they get the pleasure of facing Tyler Miguel, who is back, um, which I love to see. He was one of my favorite guys to watch. They've got Carlos Carrasco on Saturday that they have to face. And then Sunday, they're throwing Noah Syndergaard. He will be pitching against the Mets. And then you go to next week, and you, you're at the Dodgers for two games. So the road ahead at least up until next week at this time is not fun for LA and um, really interested to see how they play through this next week. Yeah. This um, Mets, the Syndergaard start for, against the Mets on Sunday, that's going to be a bloodbath because not only, I feel like he's certainly coming off of a hot start. He's going to want to prove something, but Steve Cohen has a remarkable way of rallying the troops against former players. Like, the Zach Wheeler animosity is still there. I'd imagine there's going to be something left in the tank when it comes to Noah Syndergaard and proving he should have stayed. There's a very distinct screw you mentality about this organization when it comes to their former players. So that is going to be, that's a situation I can see them really struggling. And ultimately, is it tough to say that it's more likely that they maybe get one game out of this than, all right, is it, is it likely that they lose out through this? Because I wouldn't not say taking it from the Dodgers. It is, it is not an over 50% chance that they lose this whole stretch. Like there's no, no way I mean, they get to 15 or 16 in a row. That's, that, I'm, that would be. I'm asking you right now. I know, I know statistically, but where is their legitimate chances to win games? I see Thursday. Today. Thursday is the best day. Today. How so? Reed Detmers is not that bad, LJ. No, but you're picking Detmers over Rivaldi. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what? He's I'm not supposed to treat Nathan Ivaldi as this uh, absolute. I mean, he's been really good as of late, LJ. I know his last few starts have been good, but. Um, okay, sure. So I'm saying this is an all-star caliber pitcher. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, of course. Okay. And I, I say there's Otani, one start yeah. that is really – there's one start in this next stretch that they should be favored in, and that's Otani versus Pavetta. And they, they squandered possibly the best pitching performance that they've had in weeks, maybe a month, out of Noah Syndergaard last time out. Can I trust them to not do it again? I think you're underrating, or yeah, underrating um, Patrick Sandoval and Michael Lorenzen and how they've pitched this year because it's not terrible at all. Is and it I something think, where is it something? I'm not looking for not terrible. I'm looking for better than their competition. Yeah, Patrick Sandoval, two eight one ERA in almost fifty innings. That's that's close to all star caliber right there. Yeah, and so has Tyler, Tyler Miguel's. You're acting like Tyler, Tyler. Oh, no, no, I just said I'm a Tyler Migo guy. <laughs> then, then why are you flip-flopping? No, I'm just saying that, you know, I think you're being very, um, very pessimistic through this next stretch where, you know, as long as Trout is okay, and I know he got pulled from the game last night, but he finally broke his 0 for streak and two for two with two RBIs, had a home run off of Garrett Whitlock in the first inning. Um I just feel like the Angels, I, I can't see them losing these next seven games in a row on top I'm of I'm not it. saying it's statistically likely. I'm just saying if I am a fan, I'm looking at this, and I'm worried about every game because you're going into your next seven games knowing full well that you are not the better team overall. And in all of maybe two of – all but maybe two of them, you do not have the better pitching matchup. That is yeah. that is cause for major concern. All right. 
up next, we've got some news stemming from the little altercation that the Astros and the Mariners had the other night. I didn't really see much of that, but I guess there was just some good old fashioned throwing inside. Is that is is that what it was, LJ? Um, yes, I believe one player did get hit. And then a few plays later, a ball went very near another guy. And it was just, it wasn't the best scene. Hector Neris gets suspended four games for intentionally throwing at Eugenio Suarez in the area of the head while warnings were in place. He was fined an undisclosed amount. Neris is appealing the ban. Dusty Baker was also suspended for one game and fined an undisclosed amount on account of Neris's actions. That's the standard procedure in these situations. Um, and this comes out of last night's game. Benches cleared after Neris hit Mariners infielder Ty France in the top of the ninth. France didn't seem to, um, you know, be that mad at the pitch itself, but the benches started jawing. Um, and then I believe Scott Surveys got ejected. Julio Rodriguez steps up, he homers, and then Neris throws behind Eugenio Suarez's head. So Neris gets ejected, Dusty Baker ejected, and now they're suspended. Um, yeah, you know, we see this how many times a year where the pitchers get, pitch inside, a guy comes up, he hits a homer, and then they're like, all right, we're just going to throw behind whoever now. Um, yeah, do you agree with? him appealing the suspension they all appeal it anyways that like i know but i don't protocol at this point it's just protocol trevor bauer appealing his suspension like it's just like it's just it's just what you do yeah but it, it serves no purpose here because i don't know i feel like you look at hector naris he just got the day off yesterday after pitching back to back games he has the most innings among any reliever on this team this year. And you're going into a stretch where you're playing my home against Miami, a Miami team who has played terrible against any legitimate competition. Like if you're above 500, you're going to have a pretty fair time with the Miami Marlins this year. And you're at Texas. Honestly, I would say at Texas is something I'd be a little more concerned with based on current form. In my eyes, take it, get the week off, because that's probably going to benefit your team more than having you for this next stretch of games. LJ, I'm not sure if you heard about what's going on with the Marlins, but yesterday prior to the game, they had a 90-minute closed-door meeting in the clubhouse. They completely skipped batting practice. They were not out on the field whatsoever. Don Mattingly said that the um, meeting had absolutely nothing to do with how the club was playing. Um, and then I started to see some things and read some things online that there's a lot of, um, I guess, personalities clashing within the Marlins um, organization. And Don Mattingly understands that, um, well, he actually said that he thinks that they're playing good baseball right now. But um, according to what I've been reading, there's just there's a lot of players that just don't get along with each other. Um, and Don Magley doesn't think it's affected the play of the team. But to still, you know, a 90 minute closed door meeting, no media, no one in there, just players and coaching staff. Um, you know, you can only imagine what what was being said and, and talked through there, because 90 minutes is a long time for one of those meetings. 90 minutes is a long time and I'm going to challenge him on the fact that there's no effect to the uh, teams, to the team play, because this is a team who has played very well against bottom level opponents and then horribly against the top of the crop. Like it's a, it's a genuine disparity between the two se sections for this team. I don't see how you can play so well in one well and so poorly from series to series 
there's clearly no momentum that's grown at any point in time on this team. And part of that does have to do with chemistry. I have to feel right. Yeah, I would think so. But I think he's more saying at this point in the season, us being 23 and 30 is kind of where I expected us to be with this roster. Okay. That's fair. But he also kind of also has to say that it's not affecting the team because if he says it's affecting the team and it's like, oh, wait, but your job title is manager. So you're supposed to manage that. So it doesn't affect the team. So just kind of saving his own his own um, butt as well. But LJ, I think it's time we get on to our NL Silver Sluggers. Okay, let's get on to them. I assume the catcher position has been pretty clear here. Oh, are we not going to do a pitcher? Um, oh, yeah. Um, you can give your pitcher first. Albert Pujol. I have to decide here. Yeah, it's going to be Albert. It was between Albert and Yachty for me. <laughs> it's Albert. It could be. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Williams Astadio is, I believe, the Marlins threw him out there to pitch the other night, if I'm not mistaken. Uh I think I'll stick with him, though. I'll stick with with Albert. Albert theoretically wins his seventh Silver Slugger here (laughs) with us tonight. All right. Um, And then on to catcher, you're right. It is pretty easy. Um, Wilson Contreras has been uh, hitting the ball just incredibly this year. Um, You're talking about what is – probably his best hitting season so far oh yeah no no question his best hitting season so far 161 weighted runs created plus already at 2.2 war according to fan graphs that's more than he had last season um and you know just a guy that has played extremely well for the cubs this year yep um again really no complaints with how he's played terrific on that side of the ball, we'll see how long he ends up staying here as a Cub, whether he's even eligible to win that award at the end of the year could come into question. However, let's move on to a guy who's definitely going to be with his team and hopefully with his team playing this level for a long time. First base, I've got Paul Goldschmidt. Slash line 341, 423, 606 with 12 homers and 47 RBIs. Um I think there's a situation, there is a case here to be made, certainly for Pete Alonso, who's been a counting stats monster this year, played a ton of baseball for his team, but he doesn't come close there. I think Freddie Freeman also will end up in play at some point, but he's got to get this power uh, struggle figured out. You know, he just hasn't been getting the ball right. He hasn't been hitting the ball right. Once he gets right this year, I think he could easily be a guy who has a big back half and gets into play for this. Yeah, uh, Paul Goldschmidt, it's 
he's been just, I mean, a 341 batting average in this, in today's game is, is gross. I mean, that is so good. Um, you know, 606 slugging, 423 on base percentage. That's over a 1,000 OPS. Um, and, you know, there's some serious talk for Paul Goldschmidt for NL MVP with the way that he's been playing as of late and could certainly be be, be warranted. He's a three-war player right now already through 54 games. Yep. Now moving over to second base. Brandon, where'd you decide to go? LJ, this was very hard. I mean, there's, you know, three or four guys that you could really give it to. Um, I think as of right now, I'm basically still deciding. I think I'm going to give it to Jazz Chisholm um, because his counting stats um, – are better than that of like Jeff McNeil, um, who I was very close to giving it to. And Chisholm has played nine less games, has about 35 less plate appearances than McNeil. Talking 10 homers for Chisholm, 37 RBIs and nine stolen bases. Um, Sure, the the strikeout rate is a lot higher, but you're also getting a lot of power out of Jazz um, and still holds his own when it comes to his his average and his on-base percentage. Um, So I'm going to give it to Jazz Chisholm as of right now. Uh, Certainly respectable take. I ended up going with Jeff McNeil at this spot. You know, overall, as much as like the counting stat productions uh, there for Jazz, I think certain other – pieces need to come into play especially where Jeff McNeil's been being stuck in the lineup because not only has he been bouncing around but he's kind of been forced by a very good offense to be very far down the order you know playing in that um, really five to eight area which you know is very streaky in terms of when you're going to be able to get production either way other way this guy is a fantastic contact hitter not going to strike out much And that just gives you such a winning mentality. And it's the secret, kind of a secret to the success of the Mets this year, not beating themselves by just getting, you know, they're getting runners in play. They've got the batting average. They're a great on base team. Um, And he kind of embodies all of that. All right. Third base. Um, I'm going with Manny Machado over Nolan Arenado. Uh, Machado, you're talking 325 batting average, a 399 on base percentage, and a 534 slugging. Um, uh, defensively, he's been incredible as well. Um, as Fangraphs actually gives him a higher defensive rating than Nolan Arenado up until this point. Uh, which is well, really... Fangrass clearly hasn't seen the play Nolan Arenado made last night. Yeah, that, that was one of the craziest plays that I've ever seen. Running in for a bunt, jumping up or grabbing it, then jumping up and turning all the way like 180 degrees around to throw it to third to get to, to, get the force out. Um, all in one motion, too. He didn't stop. He didn't think. No. It was just all... It, it, the the instincts on that play and go and watch it if you haven't um it's all over social media that was unbelievable but yeah Manny Machado nine homers 34 RBIs a 325 batting average like I said he's just he's having a career season once again yeah I also went with Machado here I mean defense is certainly a side especially seeing we're talking about the silver slugger the his ability to rather outclass Nolan Arenado throughout the entire slash line and in most of the other different things, walk rate, you know, strikeout rates, marginal difference, that's going to get me to overlook one less home run or a few less RBIs. Manny Machado has just been consistently great. There's a reason he's shown up on so many team of the weeks. Like he's just so hard to get past because he's going to consistently put up close to his numbers. He's not going to put up these ridiculous 450 weeks, but he's going to do his 350s, his uh, 290 weeks, you know, those types of situations that that really helps your team having that consistency as well. 
And I like to see that. He's also a guy that has never really gotten hurt. I mean, he's played in 54 games this year, which is about how many games the Padres have played. 153 last year, all 60 in 2020, 156 in 2019, 2018. He plays a total of 162 between the Orioles and the Dodgers. So he stayed healthy. And not only does that help your, your counting stats, but just your overall production to your team. All right, shortstop. Um, very interesting group of guys here. LJ, where did you go? You know, I wasn't expecting to be making this pick um, two months ago. I went with Frankie Lindor. Ooh, okay. Over 57 games, he's got nine homers, 45 RBIs, and is slashing 253, 333, 434. You know, I mean, I, certainly guys like Trey Turner and Dansby Swanson deserve to be in this conversation. But when you look at what Francisco Lindor has done, I just think this is a really, really strong resume from him and definitely worth, he's worth every penny of the contract so far this year. I go with Trey Turner, Francisco Lindor, close second. Um, You look at Trey Turner, um, honestly underperforming from what we're used to seeing out of him, but you're still talking a 132 weighted runs created plus almost two war through 55 games, a 300 batting average, a 354 on base percentage. Um, And, you know, surprised to see his, his fielding not be as as good as it has been in the past, but, um, you know, it could be a small sample thing, uh, at least for this year. Um, You know, hopefully he can pick it up on that end, but has always been a phenomenal contact hitter. His speed is, of course, always there, always leads the league in bolts. It seems a stat that LJ loves. Um, I forgot about that stat. Let's see who's leading. I haven't. I'm I'm sure it's Trey Turner. It's always him. He just hits the ball in play so much that he's always running. He's got 12 stolen bases already this year. Yep. It's Trey Turner in the lead, but not nearly the same lead he used to have. Uh, 45 bolts for him. Five back is Bobby Witt Jr. And then in third place is Julio Rodriguez. I got to think that those guys are going to start start catching him closer and closer um, in the next couple of years. Oh, yeah. And a bolt- in terms of non-rookies, there is a 20 or excuse me, 16 bolt gap between Turner and the field. And a bolt is any time that you're running um, on the bases in any one second split of your run where you average 30 feet per second, correct? Correct. Okay. Well, left field. Left field, Brandon, you know, I always struggle to decide at what point you've had enough plate appearances but so far he's certain this guy certainly has earned this spot for me and long term you know we're talking about a guy in jock peterson here of course is who i'm talking about 45 games 156 plate appearances that's gonna come come shooting up because he's just performed so well for san francisco that you're gonna have to have him out on the field as much as humanly possible 13 home runs, 30 RBIs in those 45 games, slash line of 270, 346, 591. He is my silver slugger. Yeah, left field, once again, very hard um, to figure out who to go with here. And I think I'm also going to have to go with Jock Peterson. Um, you know, a guy like Ian Ian Happ, Jerickson Profar, even Jeff McNeil, even though he's only played like 22 games there, um, are certainly interesting choices. A guy like Mark Canna is interesting, but Jock Peterson definitely has the best stats out of um, anyone on this list. Uh, the 160 weighted runs created plus is far and away the best out of these left fielders. And the power is there and something nice to see, LJ. How about the strikeout percentage under 20% for Jock? Mm, indeed. Speaking of strikeout percentages under 20%, 
Uh, I, I really was looking at two guys like that for center field. I ended up going with Mikey Yaz of the San Francisco Giants. Mikey Yaz. Um, Mikey Yaz. Over 45 games, he's slashed 275, 387, 456, five home runs, 21 RBIs. You know, it was very close with him and a guy like uh, Brandon Nimmo. But, you know, you look at that walk rate, you look at the fact that there's a 4% difference between his walk rate and his strikeout rate is freaking awesome. You know, this is a guy hitting for a little bit more power, hitting with certainly more home runs, driving in more runs for San Francisco. As intriguing as it would have been, honestly, both of these sides are tell intriguing stories because you're looking at a situation where you could have probably made a case for San Francisco to have three gold, three silver sluggers. You have a case for the Mets to have like four silver sluggers. Like Brandon Nimmo certainly will be contending for this and has a legitimate claim to it right now. Yeah, that, that, that's who I'm going to go with. I felt bad. I, I, I didn't pick Francisco Lindor. I didn't pick Jeff McNeil. Um, so, right, yeah, I didn't pick Jeff McNeil. I'm going crazy. Oh. I'm going to go with 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 Brandon Nimmo. Um, sure, Mikey Yez probably has the better stats, but for the sake of this, Nimmo has still been really good. Um, a guy that has tactical speed, I'll say that. Zero stolen bases, but when he's running the bases, um, it he's actually not that slow. Surprised to see he has no stolen bases. 266 batting average, a 370 on base percentage. That's what impresses me. He's got an 11% walk rate. Him and Yastrzemski both do a great job of walking a lot and um, he's having a good season. Brandon Nimmo has seven bolts. Pretty good. That's good. Um, That is tied for 21st. Okay. I can live with that for... The, the main man, Brandon. Yep. Um, yeah, terrific. Again, terrific time. I certainly will never complain with that pick. Uh, moving over to right field. You know, this is another ch- chance you could take Mikey Yaz, but you're not because Mookie Betts has been terrific this year. Uh, 16 home runs over 53 games, 39 RBIs, and a slash line of 302, 381, 586. Just it's crazy. So few guys these days that are going to get up into that home run conversation are going to hit 300. Like the triple crown has always been something that's incredibly hard to achieve. That's why you see it so infrequently. And that's why, frankly, I think any guy who gets it really does deserve the MVP. But, you know, I think it's even harder these days because the bar is set so high for power hitting and yet Mookie Betts is finding a way to do a little bit of both. Yeah. Uh, he's my pick here too. Very easy pick to make probably been the best player in the league so far this season. And, you know, you're talking about a guy who is probably having his best season since that 2018 10 war season, which just blew everyone away um, and carries or is I shouldn't say carries because there was so many great players on that championship winning team for the Red Sox, but just such an integral part of that franchise that year and um, is doing just that for the Dodgers. He's already matched his war total from last season um, through, through just a 53 games. So that's not bad LJ, is it? That's okay. That's okay. Um, three and a half war. Um, yeah. It's solid, but just nuts the student impresses me every time I watch him and that's not even talking about the defense which we all know what he does there that's not talking about the defense I mean an interesting situation is his hall of fame candidacy you know I know we're very early into talking about that but if he starts to have a second successful stretch of his career you're talking about that seven year, um, seven year span, which is something a lot of people really focus in on is what was your seven year peak. You know, if we're talking about this guy being an eight war player this year, that's definitely putting him in the conversation 
um, you know, among the greats is certainly where Mookie Betts should be placed. Brandon, another thing I wanted to ask you is really how much did you take base running and speed into account with your silver slugger? Where did you stop your analysis for this award? For me, at least, um, so you kind of understand where I mean, I had to stop and think, you know, really silver slugging your hitting ability really ceases to be impacted once you stop at a base. So after your, your first play is really where I start taking it. So I didn't really consider much base running. I didn't consider stolen bases by any means. Um, what was your kind of philosophy on this? Was this a total offensive effort or just during his, these players played appearances? I would say more leaning towards total offensive effort. I think that that's, if, if I was a silver slugger award voter, that's kind of what I'm going for is your total offensive contribution. If, if, if you want, I want to see the best hitter at each position. And by hitter, I mean like who's going to bring the most to um, my team offensively, whether that is stealing bases um, or not. Right. Um, and talking about that seven-year peak real quick with bets, I pulled it up. The average uh, Hall of Fame right fielder has a 42.4 seven-year peak war. In bets, his best seven-year peak is already at 47.7. So already beating what the average seven-year peak is for Hall of Fame right fielders. I'll do you one better. He should be up by 50 at the end of this year, I would think. Yeah. Because, you know, you, you replace back down, you know, over a six-year stretch going into this year, he's got 41 and a half. And at this rate, that's definitely somewhere you're going to be talking about. You're going to talk about an eight, nine war season out of this guy, which absolutely terrific. Again, fantastic player. Uh, DH, I ended up opting for an it, it kills me to have to make this choice. I went with Pete Alonzo. You know, I just think. Wow. Overall, okay. His, his body of work is at minimum very similar to what Bryce Harper has done and ultimately, you know, contributes more team more to team success. RBI machine. I don't really necessarily think that Bryce Harper is catching him in a lot of this healthy both of them and a question should definitely be made about whether Bryce Harper will be healthy what exactly is this DH going to look like long term for him and his numbers I'm not 100% sure that doesn't go into it account with this as we're just picking based on the first unofficial season based on that unofficial season it's Pete Alonso I'm going with Bryce Harper um He's played a lot of games at a DH because, quite frankly, he has to because of his arm. And I think he's been better than Pete Alonzo this year. Not taking anything away from Pete Alonzo, but there's some people out there that genuinely think he should be top five in, in the NL MVP right now. Um, I, I question what they're looking at. He's good in the 16 home runs and all the RBIs. Yes, they're there. And he's incredibly productive. Probably one of the most productive players in the league, but I just don't see him fitting in that NL MVP right now when you have Goldschmidt, Arenado, Machado, Betts, even Harper, who I'm picking here. I mean, Harper's hitting 310 and a 367 on base percentage. He's been doing just fine. The slugging's over 620. Give me Bryce Harper to wrap things up. Yeah, that's certainly, again, I'm never going to, I'm not going to disagree with that pick. It's very hard to disagree with that pick, but I certainly will um, have to say that I think Pete Alonzo will get a lot more play if he stays healthy. Of course, he, uh, the x-rays, he got hit in the hand yesterday. The x-rays came back negative on that. So hopefully he will be in the lineup consistently within the next day, days or so, maybe even tonight. I haven't heard anything on him definitively being out for the contest today, but they might just give him the next two days to get back to going before the Angels series. Either way, now without Dom Smith on this roster, he is going to be playing first base more regularly 
whether he whether he's good a good defender or a bad defender which he hasn't been necessarily a bad defender this year that significantly increases his value i think once he starts getting more regular run in the field he definitely should be on the outside looking in on this mvp race all right um yeah i was gonna ask you um no actually never mind um i just realized that makes no sense i was gonna ask you which team you would rather actually yeah which team of yours would you rather have you can read out your two if you have them written down in front of you uh your american league or your national league i do not have the american league one in front of me but i i like my nl group um a lot yeah, I mean, I can. It, there's there's a lot to love in both sides of this. It's all about, you know, I feel like there's a lot of sneaky spots here, both for the NL outfield and for the AL infield, where you would be like, all right, that's not the greatest name, but I'll buy into it. Like, you're not necessarily going to, even though the production's been great, like, the just the name Alejandro Kirk doesn't invoke the same emotion that I feel like Wilson Contreras does, just because it hasn't he hasn't been a household name for as long. And same thing with putting guys like Jock Peterson and Mike Skrumsky in up against Jordan Alvarez, Aaron Judge, Mike Trout. Um, so there's certainly no shortage of balance, I think, between the two leagues at this point. Absolutely. Um, and that's what makes the sport so great to cover every single day. But I think that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you for listening. Be sure to check us out. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at MLB Daily Pod, and we'll see you. Have a good one. See you manana. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays, and Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone.